behind the chair. This is America. Does everybody know what time it is? Fix It Radio. All right, it is Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. Live program today on February the 17th. And yes, as we've had for the past several weeks, a snowy morning. If you're commuting into work or doing something along those lines, it's a little bit uh, snow-packed, icy in places. It depends on where you're at. It was very icy last night, of course, as the sort of, I guess you could say, rain came in first and then that froze up. And Charlie and I were just talking about that a moment ago, how it froze over the windshields and side windows and so on. And I'll talk a little bit about what not to do in that particular situation in drive radio, but kind of follows a fix-it radio sort of thing as well. So I'll mention it here also. When things are that iced up, be careful what you use, of course, to scrape the ice off. Don't use any kind of, I mean, this is common sense, but nothing metal, no putty knives or anything along those lines. Use a good plastic scraper, and there's all sorts of them out there, but even those you have to be kind of careful of because some of the plastic heavy scrapers can do damage as well, so you got to kind of be careful with that. I'm not a fan of using, of course, hot water, which a lot of folks do, but I wouldn't. doesn't work very well and can cause other damage. And then side windows, when they get that iced up, be very careful if you go to roll one down. If they're stuck, leave it. Don't try to roll it down because the internal mechanisms, the quote-unquote tape or track, I guess you could call it inside the way the windows work now, you could actually damage that, strip that out also. So just be careful, kind of know what you're up against and your age of vehicle and so on. And, you know, best, you know, best case scenario in a situation like that, this again goes against what you'll see on a lot of websites today and news organizations. And I've covered this on drive radio many times, but yes, it's okay to warm your car up. There's people out there so-called experts, which frankly they're not, that will tell you that somehow, some way, you're doing damage to your vehicle by allowing it to warm up, especially in a situation where you're that iced up and even though you get a lot of it scraped off, you're still going to need some warmth on the defroster and so on to get things really clear. Yes, let the car warm up. In, in most of the front range area, we have a what we call a puffing law, so you can't just let the car run. You have to be in it when this is happening, unless you've got remote start. So let the vehicle fully warm up, get all of that stuff off, because here's what happens in a situation like yesterday, which I experienced myself. You may get everything nice and clear. You start driving down the road, but if the car isn't fully warmed up and the defrosters aren't working properly, believe it or not, there was enough mist in the air yesterday between that and the splashback of the cars around you. It was re-icing, even though you had it all uncovered initially, And all you still ended up with is whatever the window had warmed up enough to keep clear. So that's an example of where these so-called quote-unquote experts are clueless. Yes, last night was a great example of where you can't just hop in the car, scrape the windows, and leave. You do need to let the vehicle warm up some to be able to drive safely. So again, these so-called experts that claim you're going to do damage to your engine and so on by warming it up, again, these are not experts. They have no idea what they're talking about. I don't know where they've even gotten their information from because it's 
totally inaccurate. But regardless, it, you know, this kind of ties into my topic for today, by the way, which I've got a topic that I want to talk about today. It comes out of Reader's Digest. 40 Things You Should Know About a Home by Age 40. Now, we'll go through some of these things, and some of these most of you will probably already know. In fact, the majority of my listeners will probably know each and every one of them. And I always say lines are open, 303-477-5600. Lines are open. Somebody's calling as we speak, but 303-477-5600. The text line also, 307-282-22. So that's our text line as well. We'll get off and running here. Joe, welcome. How's it going, sir? Well, John, we got our first snowstorm. We got 10 inches of powder snow, finally. Wow, so the right first on. Snow, first snow worth talking about. Um, hey, John, a couple things. One, on cars. A trick I used to use with my airplane to get ice off the wings, I would buy a gallon or two of this yellow Prestone, uh, the icing fluid. Yes. Um, and, I, and I'd put it in a little pump sprayer, like a little weed sprayer. Um, and if you keep that in the house, in the basement, someplace where it's warm, so if you've got, like, an ice storm and you got just ice on your windshield or, say, you scrape the snow off and then there's ice under the snow, that uh, yellow Prestone will absolutely eat that remaining ice coating on the wind right away. It's great stuff. So yellow Prestone, the icing fluid, and a wheat sprayer uh, will solve a lot of your problems. Again, remove the snow first and then finish it with that. And, again, it worked on my airplane wings, so it should work on your windshield. Um, and and, and if not, again, one. Joe, if not, just allow yourself a little bit of extra time and do what I just said a moment ago. Let the vehicle warm up, get the defrosters up and running, and away you go. Yep, absolutely. Um, second thing, uh, little tips and tricks. I helped my neighbor put in a ring doorbell and a camera system. And I know a lot of people know this, but I just put them up. And if you leave them, if you don't, they all default to the same chime. You can actually go into each device. And you can actually select a chime and a message. So if you want a ding-dong for your uh, front camera, you want a, 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 there's like 14 different things. Some even come with a message, like there's motion in your side yard or there's motion in your backyard. If you have a like an a, a iPad or an Alexa, you'll actually get, in addition to the different tone you've selected, you can also get a verbal message because, you know, before he, before he did that, it was all just, you got to chime. You didn't right. know front door, back door, right. side door. So in the in each device, you can select, A, if it's your phone, you'll just get a different tone. And if you have an iPad, you'll actually get a verbal. By the way, on your phone, you'll get the different tone. And then if you look, you'll see, like, the equivalent of a text message on the screen saying, you know, message at your side yard, a message right. at your back door. Right. So don't, just don't put them up and let them default to the... Chime nope, nope, name them. Yeah, that's right. No, them. name them correctly. Do what you need to do so you know fully what's going on and so on. Absolutely. Right, and so, uh, but uh, most people I know don't don't know that you can not only change the chime, you can also select a message, uh, a distinct message for each device. Great point. Um, last but not least, for people who have a mower deck, um, if you've got a garden tractor riding mower and you don't have a grease gun, you need to buy one because two things. Number one, you've got zerk fittings on your front uh, front uh, axle where the wheels connect on that vertical. But also, I, I, John, most people don't. My neighbor didn't know this. On your mower deck itself, there is typically grease fittings on those uh, spindles 
for the uh, for the blades, but you typically don't see them because they're covered over with lawn clippings, uh, kind of out of sight, out of mind. So if you don't do it now, before you put your before you start using your mower deck in the spring, um, take a grease gun and you might want to get one with a flexible hose on the end, so you can grease yep. those uh, bearings. Good point. In the spindles, in the spindles. So um, again, if 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 you've got a riding mower and you don't have a grease gun, uh, you're probably going to shorten the life of your mower deck or lose a bearing. Oh, and last but not least, if you fail a belt like I did, um, if you don't have a picture or a diagram of your uh, pulley arrangement where the belt goes, John, when I, I have a three-blade uh, three uh, mower deck, and John, it was absolutely Byzantine, the circuiting on that belt. It was, I think it was like a 20-foot belt uh you know, of course, when you, it's in a, in a loop. But, John, this, I mean, I held this loop, I held this belt up. It was taller than I was, um, you know, in a, in a loop. And it, it wrapped, you know, there's idler pulleys. You've got the three main pulleys. There's guides. And if you ever break a belt and you have to replace it, um, without some sort of diagram or guide, you'll be scratching your head for a long time trying to figure out Great point. Which way to put the new belt? Yeah, and you know, and Joe, that again, that one kind of even applies to you know drive radio as well, where people are doing a you know serpentine belt or something along those lines. I know there's always a diagram typically somewhere, even on those mowers and such. But sometimes those diagrams, Joe, even for seasoned veterans like myself, can be somewhat confusing. A picture, what they say, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words. Yep. Well, actually, on my on my mower deck, John, when I went to look for a diagram. Depending on what year, it was like there were like three different diagrams, and of course, two of the three were wrong. <laughs> so you had to figure out which one you had. So uh, since I take my mower deck off to put the snowblower on, when I had it off, I just took a picture um, and printed the picture and put it right in the folder. Uh, so now, if I ever have to replace that belt again, I've got a, a visual of how to of how to feed it. Because John, it, it there are more twists and turns and loops and everything else. Uh, so it is not it is not at all intuitive on on your belt. So uh, so that's that's all I got this morning. Belts, uh, grease your grease your spindles, grease your front wheel bearings, and uh, and uh, and uh, and make your ring camera chimes unique to each side of the house. Yeah, and, and Joe, you bring up so something. We, I mean, we've you know here in Colorado, I don't know what's going to be like you know where you're at, but here we've got some pretty you know today actually sunshine is going to get up to around fifty or so. Tomorrow I think it's supposed to be fifty five or so. Point being, we're not that far away where you know I mean I know it's a little bit early, but you know if somebody wanted to get the lawnmower out and do some of these things that you're talking about, grease up some of your grease irks and get a few things like that done. Probably a little early to you know change oil or do anything like that, but if you wanted to get a few things out and do a little bit of maintenance along those lines, even even by the way, this is for all of you listening, Joe. Even some snowblowers will have grease zerks and things like that on it. You know, this weekend wouldn't be a bad idea to do some of that. Yeah, but my snow actually, but you know, I'm surprised on the two main bearings. They're they're sealed. There are no zerks on my two main snowblower. There are some other other uh, grease fittings, but not on the two main hubs. On either side, at least not on the model I have, which is a John Deere, and I was surprised that there's no there's no Zerk fittings on those sealed bearings. So, uh, but but on the lawnmower, John, you really have to look hard to see them. But and again, typically those uh, spindle those hubs in the spindle are down in a recess, 
right. and that recess will always yep. fill up with grass clippings. Yep. And unless you're looking for them, you'll never know they're there. So, no, no, and again, and again, uh, as as we have kind of a decent weekend this weekend, if you want to get some of that equipment out, and especially if you put it away late and maybe didn't get everything all, you know, washed off, cleaned off, Joe, it's going to be nice enough this weekend tomorrow, especially where if some folks wanted to do those things and then find everything that, you know, you're talking about what needs greased, and, and you know, really quick too, Joe, on top of not only the grease zerks, but you know, there's some things that just need some lubricant. Period. Whether it be a you know a graphite lubricant you want to spray down in, or you even want to do some some penetrating you know oil in some places where you want to keep the rust down. I mean, those are all the things now to kind of look at and get ready for springtime, which really isn't that far away right now. Right, but to your point, John, uh, penetrating oil like WD forty is not a lubricant. Nope. A lot of people think WD forty is a lubricant. It no, is not penetrating oil, but it is not a lubricant. So just don't think that you sprayed it with WD-40 that you lubed, you lubed it because you didn't. Nope. All you did uh, was get rid of all of the rust and corrosion, and once that's done, go back over it with some sort of a a lubricant. And, and again, Joe, there's so many. I you know, I guess I could do an entire show on the good, the bad, the ugly of the different lubricants. Everybody's got kind of their own choice on that. But just use something that has a uh, – really what you folks need to be looking at is have something that you spray on those types of areas. You know, for example, to your point, Joe, some – you know, some wheels, and depending upon the item, even some lawnmowers, you know, there's no wheat, there's nothing greasable or anything along those lines, but you still want to put some lubricant in some of those those areas where there's something spinning a joint, something along those lines. So you want a lubricant that sticks and doesn't run off with water. So, you know, just just look through, you know, the description of what that lubricant is, and you want something that's going to stay sticky and stay on it and not wash off. Yeah, and by the way, and don't use WD-40 on your guns. Nope. It's not a loop. It's not. So if you've got guns in a semi-automatic, you need a gun oil, uh, not WD-40 to, to lubricate your guns because it is not a lubricant. Nope, uh, that's right. What else, what else was I going to say? I had one other thing, John. I'm getting old. It came in and left left my mind. It's all right. But, uh, that's all right, but and there's anyway, you know, so and, there, and I'll go through a few things today. There's always little maintenance things, especially you know, because again, we're getting into that time even here, Joe, where we get a snowstorm in, but hey, it's warm and nice. You know, the next day or two, in fact, most of the snow, most of this snow will be gone by tomorrow. People won't even know that it happened, you know, last night, and you know, off we go. It's supposed to be fifty-five, sixty most of the week here, Joe. That's not actually bad weather at all. So, reminder that spring's not that far away. Yeah. Oh, uh, two more things. Smoke detectors, the, the smoke detectors in my house, you know, they have a 10-year life. One started to chirp. You know, they're hardwired, but with a battery backup. Right. And uh, smoke detectors have a, about a, a ten, even, you, uh, you know, they're 22 bucks a piece, John, for the good smoke detectors. So I just bought four new ones, you know, 22 bucks a piece, and just changed them out. You know, it was a... One, was one thing that and Charlie Apple. and I learned the other day from a show Scott was doing, which I did not know this, Joe, and I don't think most people do, when your smoke detector, to your point, they have a life, and this is something I don't think I've ever said here, so this is a great, great uh, thing to let people know, Joe. When they start to turn yellow, that's on purpose. They've designed those so when they're no longer crisp white and they start to turn yellow, they need replaced. That's not something because it's been in the sun or something along those lines. It's designed to turn yellow after time. So if you've got smoke detectors that are turning yellow, they need replaced. Yep. Um, so, Which, by the again, way, I did not know that prior to about two months ago. Okay. 
Uh, and and John, they're cheap. Uh, you know, they're like I said, twenty two bucks for a brand new one. Um, you know, so every well, yeah. In fact, years, in fact, Joe, they're like here, Costco, whatever. You can typically buy a four pack for you know. To your point, you know, they're not very expensive when it's all said and done. Right. Oh, and John, that share cylinder that I did. Um, you know, I didn't buy the the the, the, the kit. I just took a, a pipe wrench about eighteen inch, and I just put it on the shaft and, and gave it a quarter turn, spun right loose from the chair. You know, they normally say try to take the base off and right. then do it. I did it the other way around. I spun it off the chair first. Nice. With the legs still attached, legs still attached. Then I put the the cylinder and the uh, legs in a vise, and I didn't clamp. I, I left I left the vise loose. I didn't clamp the cylinder just enough to uh, so I could slide the cylinder down, and then the, the legs were resting on top of the vise, and I just just wrapped the cil- the old cylinder. And it popped right out. It popped right out of the base, out of the out of the legs. Good deal. Uh, it was it was uh, such an easy thing to just wrap that cylinder. Because most of the YouTube videos tell you try to knock the legs off. Trying to knock the legs off while they're there, you can't get at it. It's a pain in the butt. Yeah, good point. Um, so if you've got a, if, you, if you've got a vice or a couple of cinder blocks or something where you could just put the the cylinder down in a in a hole and then just wrap it. It'll, it'll pop right out of those legs, and it's all press-fit, but it's a tight fit, so you're not going to pull it out. You need to be able to whack it, uh, and once I did that, John, I think it took me 30 seconds to spin the stem out of the chair, and it took me two minutes to walk over to my vise and, and wrap the cylinder uh, and, and pop it out of the chair legs and then stick the new one in, boom, back in business. Nice. So nice. that was easy, easy to do. All right, that's all I got, John. Joe, as always, appreciate you, man. Have a great day. Enjoy the little bit of snow that you guys have finally got there. Don't forget Alan Stack, Stack Optical, who would love to help you with a eye care needs, all your eye care needs, I should say, whether it's just a, a checkup, whatever you need to do, do with your actual eye exam itself, or whatever you need when it comes to eye wear. Alan can do all of that. 303-321-1578. Got too much debt but a low rate on your mortgage? Worried that rates aren't going to go down fast enough? Need relief now? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Before your property tax and homeowner insurance goes up, we can help you lower your monthly payments, pay off your debt, and lower the amount of interest you pay. We have been changing lives in Colorado for over 20 years. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, and let our experience continue to save you money. Want to downsize but can't qualify with a current mortgage and a new one? Been told you have to sell your house for the down payment? That debt ratio is too high? We can help. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Use your equity for the down payment and debts, qualify only on the new mortgage payment, and have no more contingency offers. Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage. Our experience can save you money. 720-895-0500. That's 720-895-0500. NMLS 298191, regulated by DORA, equal credit lender. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, 
you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. Did you know that chip can be fixed? But who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972, and it still leads the industry in cutting-edge technology, backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company. While other glass repair services offer limited warranties, or worse, none at all, you can trust the original Novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield. Find a Novus location near you by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. With hail season behind us now and snow season fast approaching, we here at Roof Savers Colorado want to help ensure that your roof can brave whatever elements this season ushers in. With over 20 plus years of roofing experience, we pride ourselves in helping homeowners evaluate the best option for their situation. If you're looking to get more life out of your current roof, we offer a 100% plant-based rejuvenation treatment that gives new roof performance without all the new roof costs. However, in the event a replacement is necessary, we will also work with any insurance company to get a damaged roof the replacement it needs. Do not let your home fall victim to the ever-changing Colorado climate. Be proactive and set up your free inspection to receive an honest evaluation of the condition of your roof. Call today at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCO.com to keep your roof ready for wherever Colorado throws its way. All right, Fix-It Radio, website fixitradio.com. We've got links to previous shows. We've got items you can look at for purchase, links there to different things we talk about here on the show on a continual basis, so be sure to go there and check things out. And if you're listening to a replay show on Tuesday, thank you. We appreciate it very much. Most likely on Tuesday, very nice day, as I said a moment ago. So enjoy the nice weather. The daylight is getting longer each day. Daylight saving time is not very far away. In fact, I believe it is now just three weeks out. I believe it's three weeks from last week, or or sorry, three weeks from today, a month from last week. So uh, we will look forward to that when that time comes. So 40 things. I don't know if I'll do all 40 of these, but 40 things you should know about a home by age 40. Now, frankly, some of these you should probably know at age 20. Not sure where the 40 comes in. I'm sure it's a Reader's Digest, you know, catchy thing they threw in the title. And if you have some things, by the way, you'd like to add into this, even before I get to some of them, they may or may not be on the list. Feel free to call in and let me know. 303-477-5600. You can text me that as well. 307-200-8222. So the first thing on this list is how to flush the toilet with a bucket of water. Now, What's interesting about this picture is they show the individual pouring the bucket into the actual toilet bowl. That is not where I would put it. If your toilet is empty because you're out of water or whatever the case may be, 
you pour the bucket of water into the tank because once the tank is full, it will still flush. Most people don't understand that. They think that the flushing is coming from the water source, but no, the water source just fills the tank. The tank and the gravity on the water itself is what actually makes the toilet flush. So as long as you keep the toilet tank full, not the bowl. So this picture, by the way, I think is completely irrelevant. I guess you could still, I mean, if you wanted to pour it in the bowl, yes, it will get to a point where it will still, you know, you can flush it, but that's, that's not what I would do. So side note, I would go ahead and put it into the tank. How to deal with drainage. You know, that's something that I think the more you get down that road of home ownership and the more you learn about how drainage and different things work, you start looking at things a little more uh, carefully. Although I will tell you that I think there's some folks that are probably in their 40s or beyond that have drainage issues with their home and have no idea what what's the cause of. And most of it is just simply not having downspouts in the right place, maybe needing to add some downspouts or clear that downspout further away from the home. Or some of it has to do with swales, you know, how the dirt has actually been done up against the house. Or in Colorado, you shouldn't have anything really up against the house. You should have some sort of a gravel border, and then your grass and dirt should be out and away from not the dirt, but the grass, you know, your, whatever you're watering is what I'm trying to say. You should have low water bushes up against the house and everything else should be out, I don't know, at least five, six feet away probably in Colorado, depending upon where you're at with the clay soils we have and so on. Now, this is an area, I'm going to put a plug in for Dave Hart, where if you need an extra downspout or you're not sure of drainage or you don't feel like your gutters are doing what they should or, or, or. I mean, this is all part of what Dave does on the roof end of things. So if you find yourself thinking, hey, you know what, I could actually use, I think we need another downspout here. Okay, have Dave out, take some pictures, send him that, show him that, however you want to handle it, and he can make all of that happen. I know he's a roofer, but can he add downspouts to your gutter system? He absolutely can. So he can handle all of that for you. So if you don't have any idea what to do along those lines, by all means, give Dave a call. If you've got damage downspouts, anything like that, Dave can help you get those things cared for as well. That's Roof Savers of Colorado. He's on our website also. So make sure you have Dave out and handle those things if that ends up happening. Number, I mean, this is number four on here, but we're not going to go completely in order with the 40 things you should know by 40. Understand electrical. Yeah, I think that's one of those things that, Most people need a basic understanding of, okay, if somebody's running something, kids, relatives, you've got guests or whatever, and all of a sudden something blows and there's no more juice, quote unquote, coming out of the electrical plug that the hairdryer, let's say, is plugged into, what does it take to fix that? You need enough understanding to know first, let's check the GFI, make sure something erroneous didn't happen there so is our gfi working and this is where it gets a little dicey the gfi for that plug may not be next to it i have yet and maybe if you're an electrician you can let me know why this is but i have yet to figure out why certain homes are wired the way they are when it comes to where gfis are and what else they affect i've yet to figure that out and what i mean by that is There are times where you may have a GFI that goes bad in a particular bathroom or a plug that 
quits in a particular bathroom because a GFI got tripped, and the GFI might be in the garage. You can tell this is the voice of experience talking. I've had some track homes in the past where, yes, indeed, that exactly was the way it was done. You know, the bedroom or the bathroom may have been above the garage, and so they used the GFI in the garage to run up to the bathroom up above. And again, why they do that, I, I can't answer that. I, I think sometimes, sorry, I'll just say it, I think electricians sometimes are knuckleheads, and they're not thinking through, okay, if this thing actually trips, where is this homeowner going to go to find it? But they can be in some of the most unobvious places you can imagine. So something you need to understand and even understand on your own home, and the way to, by the way, the way to figure some of this out on the front side is with a couple of different people, maybe a cell phone on speakerphone, you go around you know, for this in this particular case. Maybe you go ahead and you know trip the GFI in the garage, and what else has it shut off? Make a little roadmap of your own home so you know if something trips. This is where you need to go to solve that problem. The other thing that has come in of late that didn't used to be here even even honestly fifteen years ago is GFI breakers. I think they're called GFCI. And in that case, you may have a GFCI on the breaker that went out, but the breaker didn't actually trip. Just the GFI portion did. Again, you need to know your own home, how it's done, how it's wired, and some of those things. Again, it's going to be unique to each individual home, and you're going to have to determine how's that done for you. And again, why some of these things get done the way they are, I'm not an electrician by trade, and I can't answer why electricians do certain things certain ways. It has to be done in series. I know, but where they put these and why, I think sometimes it's laziness more than it is on purpose. Jeff, you're up. Go ahead. Hey, good morning, John. Or uh, you discuss Dave Hart more. I wish he was uh, in service Western Montana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, a couple of things, uh, kind of starting from uh, uh, early on, you were talking about uh, iced windows on your car. That happens a lot here. I try to roll my oh, window down. Interesting. And it, it's, it's iced. But what I do always is I always hit the up button immediately because yep, good one. when you good hit idea. down, yep. when you hit the relay triggers, and it's going to try to do that for a period of time, and you can end up burning something out, a motor or something. Great point. So... If it doesn't go down right away, I uh, hit the up button. You can hear it go clunk just a little bit as it comes up and then shuts off. So Great point. Um, and the WD and WD-40 stands for water displacement. Folks don't realize that. You brought up a really good point. It's there to prevent corrosion. It's supposed to get water out. It's not supposed to lubricate. So right. I think it was Jersey Joe who, who brought that up. But, uh, yeah, it displaces water. But that's all it's supposed to do. Um and then when you're talking about GFIs, uh, it wasn't a GFI, but it was a circuit in a house we rented when I, I, we lived in San Antonio. And I had a problem with the uh, ceiling fan in the bedroom. And I traced that circuit. And that circuit traced all the way from the lights in the master bath through that ceiling fan to outlets in the family room to an outside porch light to another outlet to a light in, an, in a different room, the living room. And then finally back out to the garage pit. 
I mean, it was the most ridiculous circuit I had ever seen. I, I don't know why they did it that way. Well, to, to, and and to, to your point, Jeff, I just sounds like I've got an electrician that's texting me. So when it comes to certain homes, I'm guessing especially track homes, this person's saying when I wired track homes, they knew how many wire nuts each home needed. God forbid you needed a deep box and had to ask for something extra for it to be right. So in defense of electricians, it sounds like at times, Jeff, they're doing exactly what the builder's telling them. Sounds like, yeah. Um, In other words, minimizing the cost by placing things in certain areas. So, for example, if you've got a bathroom over a garage and they put the GF, you know, the GFI in the garage, which it would have to be because that's a wet place. Well, the bathroom also is. If they can get by with just doing one for both, that's what they'll do. Yeah, and that's because previous code only required GFI circuits. Your bathroom circuits to be protected by a GFI. And so you only needed really one GFI for the house. And so, like you said, it could be in the garage. Right, Um, right. The strangest case I ever found was a friend in in Colorado Springs who their their, uh, outlets tripped in the bathroom, and they searched all over the house and finally found, I mean, this was like weeks later, finally found the uh, GFI was behind the couch in the family room downstairs in the basement that yep. had been finished. Yep. Um, it was it was ridiculous. So uh, yeah, good luck for just finding those sometimes. So yeah, and um, and again, it gets really confusing. And and some of you are trying to correct me on how I'm describing the you know GFCI on a breaker versus that on an actual electrical plug. I'm not going to get into the details of that because the majority of people listening that are trying to figure out how to reset one. It's irrelevant. Sorry, and I know you guys want me to be really technical. This is like drive radio. I'm not going to be because no one knows the difference. All they know is when the plug's inoperable, what do I do to fix it? So I'm simply explaining when one's not working the step-by-step process and trying to figure that out. I'm not going to get technical as to why the breaker itself, Jeff, or the GFI tripped. That's not what this is about. I'm simply telling people how to fix the plug and get the hairdryer working again. Right. So, and, uh, uh, so, so for all of you listening, all of you electricians, I'm not going down that path, Jeff, is where I'm going with this, because no one else cares, honestly. Sorry, but that's the reality. The, the average homeowner, Jeff, doesn't care. That's right. It's like trying to describe a stoichiometric uh, uh, ratio in internal combustion engine. Yeah, it's trying to explain what a waveform should look like on an oxygen sensor before you actually go to replace it. Again, no one cares, Jeff. They just know if it's bad, it's bad. How do I fix this? Exactly. So, sorry. And and again, I know all of you guys are probably laughing at me now, all you electricians. But, yeah, I'm not trying to be technical on all of this. And, yes, I know enough about electricity to understand all of these things. But, no, I'm not going to describe that on air because, no offense, Jeff, no one cares. Right. And GFIs do wear out, too. You mentioned yes, they do. before. And when we moved into the house up here, the first thing I did was replace all the smoke detectors because I knew the house was, at that point, to what, about 18 years old and it had never been done. So um, carbon monoxide detectors automatically stop after seven years, so you don't have a choice with those. But uh, I, I always wondered why they don't make the uh, smoke detectors fail in some way. Mm, um, good at, point. At a 10-year point. Great point. But uh, they don't. No, they don't. And, and I, I, I didn't even know until, you know, again, just a couple of months ago that the yellowish 
you know, when they start to turn yellow, that is by design. Because if you think about it, they don't get, you know, they rarely get any sunlight. I mean, they're on the ceiling. They're never getting any sunlight. So there's no reason for them to turn yellow. They turn yellow on purpose to tell you, I need changed. Yes. Yeah. Which I and never knew, Jeff. I, that's something, I mean, again, I'm, I'm 59 years old. I never knew that until a few months ago. Never been taught that. Uh, I try to learn something new every day, John. You and I both. Yeah, usually it's my wife who teaches me <laughs> something every day. Usually it's you guys <laughs> teaching me, by the way, my wife as well. But you guys teach me a lot. I learn a lot from all of you, so I appreciate it very much. Yeah. Well, thanks. And and just out of, uh, as a point of getting a little bit geeky, the reason smoke detectors fail after 10 years is there's a slight amount of the radioactive element americium in there. Mm. And that's what they use to detect uh, the presence of smoke. And that has a half-life. It's radioactive and it has a half-life. And after 10 years, it's no longer effective because it has changed into something else. So it's not like you can take good care of them and keep them in a cool spot and stop them from wearing out. It, it just, just is what it is. After 10 years. Got it. It. Is, it is what it is. Got it. So. Makes sense. Yeah. Jeff, I appreciate it. Thanks, as always. Uh, it's always good talking you to bet. you. Enjoy your day, by the way. I'm going to try to do so. We have an international uh, cinema fest up here that I'm going to oh, nice. spend the bulk of the day at. Nice. So. Well, have fun. Enjoy. Thanks. All right, Jeff. Appreciate you very much. We'll be right back. This is Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Premier Home Remodels is fully transparent in every aspect of your home remodel. They take customer service to the next level with their online portal, offering you daily updates, progress photos, and even a calendar to track your remodel process. Their portal also allows you to access benchmarks for payments and presents the licenses of each tradesman on site, so you know you're always in safe and skilled hands. And they want you to share design ideas and photos that inspire you so every aspect of the plan is what you want. Premier maintains full transparency by professionally documenting project progress with before and after photos, so you are always up to date. You want a team that will always inform you every step of the way with your remodel. Contact Premier Home Remodels by going to klzradio.com slash remodel. That's klzradio.com slash remodel. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, You'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. Did you know that chip can be fixed? 
But who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972, and it still leads the industry in cutting-edge technology, backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company. While other glass repair services offer limited warranties, or worse, none at all, you can trust the original Novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield. Find a Novus location near you by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. With hail season behind us now and snow season fast approaching, we here at Roof Savers Colorado want to help ensure that your roof can brave whatever elements this season ushers in. With over 20 plus years of roofing experience, we pride ourselves in helping homeowners evaluate the best option for their situation. If you're looking to get more life out of your current roof, we offer a 100% plant-based rejuvenation treatment that gives new roof performance without all the new roof costs. However, in the event a replacement is necessary, we will also work with any insurance company to get a damaged roof the replacement it needs. Do not let your home fall victim to the ever-changing Colorado climate. Be proactive and set up your free inspection to receive an honest evaluation of the condition of your roof. Call today at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCO.com to keep your roof ready for wherever Colorado throws its way. Got too much debt but a low rate on your mortgage? Worried that rates aren't going to go down fast enough? Need relief now? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Before your property tax and homeowner insurance goes up, we can help you lower your monthly payments, pay off your debt, and lower the amount of interest you pay. We have been changing lives in Colorado for over 20 years. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, and let our experience continue to save you money. Home of the original Asset Manager Loan, where you pay less interest and own your home faster, pay off your debt and save six to nine hundred a month, have access to your equity for thirty years. Call seven two zero eight nine five zero five hundred now. We listen and promise to do our best for you. Take aim, affordable interest mortgage. Seven two zero eight nine five zero five hundred. Over twenty years of low rates, outstanding service, and number one at putting you first. Let us show you how our experience saves you money. 720-895-0500. NMLS 298-191, regulated by DORA, equal credit lender. All right, we are back. Fix-It Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining me today. Phone number here, 303-477-5600. The text line, which a lot of you have already been using, 307 200 8222. And Mark from Wiggins, who normally calls in, but I understand he is actually installing a dryer that he and I texted back and forth on, uh, actually, last week and this week as well. He's installing his new dryer today, so congratulations, Mark, and it's also his birthday. So, Mark, happy birthday. He's a great friend of the show, by the way, and we chat pretty often, actually, probably on a weekly basis. So, Mark, thanks for all you do, and your support here is greatly, greatly appreciated, and we want to wish you the Uh, best birthday ever, so happy birthday, and hope you enjoy your new dryer. You and your wife, by the way, enjoy the new dryer. And again, folks, I try to help as many of you as I possibly can with different decisions you guys are making, and no, I'm not the ultimate expert on 
everything, but I do have a lot of life experience on certain things. And as I told Jeff from Montana a moment ago, you all contribute greatly. And fortunately, I have a, how should I say this? I was blessed with the ability to remember a lot of things. I can't remember everything, and I take a lot of notes in doing so, but I was blessed to be able to remember a lot of things. So a lot of times you guys will ask me a question, and I'm just going back in my memory bank and pulling information from something else somebody has told me or relayed to me or an experience I had or what have you, and then I'm able to share that back with somebody else that has a question. So for some of you where you're adding things to the show, you really are adding things to the show that then helps somebody else on down the road. And I've learned a lot of things over the years from doing these programs, not just on Saturday, but what I do during the day as well. It helps keep me sharp, and I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, never feel like you're you know, not adding to the program and what we do here by sharing something. No, you, you are always adding something to the show and what we do. So each and every one of you that continue to email, text, share different things, and so on. And I say this a lot. I may not be able to specifically talk about what it is you sent in, but I'm always sharing that with someone else somewhere at some time. You may not, you may not just see that or have that experience, but thank, thanks to each and every one of you for doing that. It enables me to do a lot of the things that I do daily, and I appreciate that very greatly. Okay, next thing on the list. We talked about the electrical thing. Joe talks about this a lot, and by now I would think all of you would have this dialed in, but that is cleaning your dryer vent. Not only does it waste energy, but there's a risk for fire there. Now, something else that most people you know, may, maybe do know or maybe you don't know, but the sill underneath your door, the jam, the bottom of the jam, in most cases you'll notice that there are several... Phillips screws, large Phillips screws that are in that wooden threshold. Those are actually built on a spring. In other words, that piece of wood floats. And so if you've got a little bit of a door leak coming under a door, you don't need to move the door. You move the sill up, typically up, not down. And because the weather stripping will wear over time and you can adjust that sill. Now, not all sills are adjustable. But a lot are. And again, you'll know if they're adjustable or not just by looking at do they have Phillips screws. It's keeping the level proper for that sill plate is probably the best way for me to say that. So you can also change the weather stripping on the bottom of the door. Typically, that means you've got to remove the door. And if it's an outside door that's all steel, you sometimes are going to need an extra hand to do so because they get pretty heavy. But before you change that, make sure that the sill plate itself is adjusted properly. Again, we're talking about the 40 things you should know by age 40. Next one is how to repair a doorknob. Now, that one is, again, that's something that, frankly, at 15 you should be able to do. And and I'm not being sarcastic, really. These are things that, you know, a basic set of tools, a screwdriver, a pair of pliers, uh, a punch, whatever. These are things typically that you can use to repair any doorknob, and these are things that really aren't that difficult to fix on your own, and you should not have to call a handyman or anyone out to do those little things. Now, the next one's a little more difficult. A lot of even adult males don't know how to do this, and this is how you sharpen a lawnmower blade. We've talked about this in the past. That's something that I will get into here in probably first week or so of April. 
I'll put that in my notes and make sure we talk about how to properly sharpen a lawnmower blade because even this article doesn't get into this and should. Not only do you need to know how to sharpen the blade, but do it in a way that the blade is balanced when you're done. And most don't even know what I'm talking about. So that's one of those things that I will get into as people start getting their lawnmowers out, most likely first part of April. Depends on when you start mowing. Some it's the 1st of April, some it's the 1st of May. Uh, those of us that are grass farmers will start earlier than others. Uh, the next one is touch-up paint without cleanup. Now, this particular picture shows a lady with a rag in the paint and just touching up the paint so she can just throw the rag away when you're done. I, I have a better way of doing that. Most of you probably already know what I'm going to say. Just buy a sponge brush. They're cheap. Home Depot, Harbor Freight, wherever. You can typically buy a pack of these, all the different sizes, for little of nothing. And I mean little of nothing, like under five bucks. Peanuts. Buy a pack, throw it in your your bench when you need to go touch something up. And by the way, these are more than one use because the cleanup is very, very easy all you really need to do is use that sponge brush, sponge brush touch up, and then just rinse the rinse the sponge brush out when you're done, and off you go. The cleanup is very, very easy. So I would do that over using any kind of a rag to do touch up painting with. That's again, this is Reader's Digest. I'm telling you my way versus their way. Pete Aurora, you're next. Hey, good morning. Good morning, got Pete. A new, oh, got a new washer about a year and a half ago. Okay. And to my surprise, the owner my, the owner's manual says once a year take these little basket filters out of the water inlets, clean them out. Hmm. And it's been a year and a half, and I didn't want to bother with wiggling it out. Do uh, you know if that's how important that is to do that? I think that a lot of that's going to come down to what's your water like. In other words, certain parts of the country, or even here in Colorado, depending upon if you're well, if you've got hard water, if you have soft water, if you've got more you know, calcium-type buildup in your system where you notice that your faucets, for example, get built up and so on. Pete, I would say, yes, that's probably something annually you need to do. If you're like me, for example, we have really good water where I live, very, very, very little buildup of any kind. I wouldn't check them maybe once every three to five years because we just don't have much buildup. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. John, right, John? It's John. That's correct, Pete. Yep, yep. Thanks, John. That's exactly what I had in mind. Thank you, sir. You're very welcome, Pete. Thank, no, the great phone call, by the way, and I think that's the first time I've spoken to, to Pete. So, Pete, thank you for listening. I appreciate that. Yeah, and, and again, folks, that's going to come down to a, an individual situation for each one of you. Some of you live in areas where your municipal water is very good. You don't have a lot of contamination in it. You have very little calcium buildup. It just doesn't happen. You can see that again in the faucets that you have. There's other parts where, and by the way, I've lived in different parts of the Front Range, and some areas I've lived in, it was worse than others, even though you may have only been one city apart, one water treatment plant apart. Everybody does this a little bit differently, and this, even though there's a set of standards, each municipality will do that a little bit differently. And some of you, of course, here in Colorado understand this more than anyone else. The water tastes different depending upon where you are. And I will also say it tastes different depending upon how far downstream you are. And I won't get into all the technicality of that, but everybody, I think, at times forgets, myself included, that when you're on city sewer, 
Every time you run something down the drain, shower, bath, toilet, whatever, that goes to the treatment plant. The treatment plant is then taking out all of the contaminants, the solids, etc. Keep in mind, they can't get everything out, but they do their best. And most people, and I'm not trying to be gross here, but most people forget that the waste, you know, once that water has all been done, been treated, the contaminants for the most part are out, it's going back into the stream, folks. So then the next city down the waterway gets the same water. They treat it. It goes back into their system, and off you go. In my opinion, I think it's pretty factual, the farther you get away from the original source, which is our Rocky Mountains, and we all know the Continental Divide, when it rolls off the Continental Divide, everything west goes out to the Pacific. Everything east goes the other direction. I mean, pretty simple. That's why it's called the Continental Divide. So those of us that are on this eastern slope, the closer we are to the mountain, the cleaner the water. The farther away you get, Eastern Plains, for example, the water is not the same. I, I don't know how else to say that in a, in, a, in a polite way, but you're getting more waste water that's then treated the farther away from the source you get. And it's, in my opinion, why things taste differently the farther downstream you get. Those of you that are listening, probably know, lived here in Colorado for any length of time, probably know what I mean. Those of you that are here that are maybe a transplant, have only lived here a few years, it's why our water tastes better than most places in the country. And, and yes, I've been to other places and tasted the water, and no, it's not the same as what we're, we're very spoiled here, by the way. Even some of us in the eastern part of the metro area where you're having even even a little bit more downstream than you would otherwise, it's still not the same as other parts of the country. Trust me. I've been to those other parts and know their water does not taste like ours does. So just a side note. Stuck, suck out drain clogs. Yeah, okay. That's, that's another one where, you know, it, to our last caller on the other end, not the fresh water coming in, but the water going out. Yeah, drains get clogged with junk. Your sink will... Your shower will, you know, hair, things like that. And I don't want to be gross, but these things just end up in the drain. And there's a reason they're there because in a lot of cases, you don't want that going all the way out your system. So they put little catches in there to catch those things. And yes, periodically you want to go in and clean those things out. And that's just part of your normal maintenance. And that's something that probably, you know, depending upon, you know, the size of family, how many people you've got using different areas of the home and so on, you may want to clean out annually or biannually, depending upon what all's going on with that particular area of the house. I'm going to skip over some of these because, frankly, they don't really matter. This one's interesting, though. If you notice that you've got a air leak around an outlet, especially when it's cold out like it has been lately, you go put your hand over an outlet and you just feel a little draft. Take the plate off. Get a little bit of that spray foam, spray around the edges, or you could even caulk the edges, but the spray foam works as well. Bottom line, seal that up, keep that air from coming through, and that's one more way to keep some of those things down drafty-wise. Now, the older the home, the worse that is, typically. Typically, new homes are built in a way where there's not as much of that, although that's not always the case because sometimes a newer home will have some of these same issues. 
This one's a little more difficult, how to change a lock. That goes back to how to fix a doorknob, although changing a lock out completely is a whole different deal. And that's one where do you want all the keys to match and so on. And if you do, call a locksmith and have them do that so they can rekey everything so that's the same. Although some of the new locks that are made now, you can key right out of the box to a key you already have. If you buy a quick set, for example, you can key that to be exactly the same as the rest of your home if you so desire. There's one thing in here, and I may get to this. I had a nice article the other day on how to paint correctly and some tips on painting, with which some may or may not know. I may use that in a later date. I'll do my best to get to that. The next one is how to fix a running toilet. We talked a little bit earlier on how to make a toilet flush if you don't have any water. But, yeah, you should know how to solve a problem where if you hear the toilet running, why is it? What's leaking? Is it the seal, you know, the ball seal that's at the bottom? Is is that a problem? Is the, you know, the plunger mechanism or the float mechanism, is that actually bad and leaking? You ought to be able to pull the lid to the tank and listen in there and try to determine some of those things. Uh, the next one is how to fix a crack in a drywall. Some of these are getting a little bit more technical. It's hard to describe on air how to do some of these things. Uh, but you ought to know how to handle some of these things. The point being, these are things you should know by age 40. And a lot of this stuff, honestly, is just regular maintenance items that we all need to be performing on a regular basis anyway. So that's it for Fix It Radio. Don't forget our great sponsors that make this happen. Find them, by the way, at fixitradio.com. But our next program is coming up in a moment. Don't go anywhere. This is KLZ 560. Opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.